welcome to Magical Mystical Journeys. This is Andrea St. Amand, your evidential psychic medium here today with our co-hosts, Katie and Amy. Katie, you excited about today? I'm so excited. Hey, everyone. Katie Valentine. I'm your resident metaphysical teacher. I'm a Christian minister. I'm a New Testament scholar, and uh, we're going to have some fun. Amy? Mm-hmm. This is Amy Renee, practitioner of shamanic arts. And today just feels really, really good to talk about. Well, I'm glad to hear that because this is your day today. <laughs> if we you're are not feeling good, we'd we be in trouble. Bowing to, <laughs> we're bowing to Amy's supremacy here. Yes. Totally. Because today we're going to be exploring plants and their medicinal properties, their healing properties, their energy. And I know a lot of people right away might be thinking, are you guys going to be talking about pot and ayahuasca and mushrooms right off the bat because <laughs> that is very very uh, prominent in culture right now but we're going to be really talking about a lot more uh, just the plant kingdom and we are going to be talking about a few specific ones so it's because it might be a strange concept for a lot of people to think about plants having their own energy or their own spiritual energy um that's either part of or separate from just, you know, the salad you eat for lunch. So how, how do you guys, what do you feel? I mean, I'll start with you because I'm just assuming you're using plant work in your medicine, plant, plant medicine <laughs> in your work or plants or the energy of plants. So just generally, how do you think about plant energy? Yeah, for me, man, there's so much there. So from something as simple as like when we get a cold or something like that, like we've worked with plants for since the beginning of time, basically, you know, to assist us with things. And then it can go deeper into like the deeper experiences, like the ayahuasca that some, you know, some shamans or people will do to bring greater awareness or whatever the case may be. So there's such a wide variety. I mean, you've got the spirit of the plant, you got the essence of the plant, you have uh, the alchemies, the plants of when you mix them together, you know, there's so much there. So that's what kind of comes up for me. Katie. Katie. All right. So I do love plants and I love the natural outdoors. I also am terrible at like keeping plants alive. And so part of me thinks I do a disservice to the whole plant world if I try to keep, (laughs) if I try to keep living things in my house, uh, because I'm not always that successful at it. But I, I do sense that plants have their own, that there's kind of an elemental guardians, I guess, of different plant uh, energy. And I, as I was just thinking about this episode and thinking, oh my gosh, I I murder plants when they come into my house. I'm just not good at um, tending to them. But I remember, you know, especially when I was little, we had a tree in our front yard that I felt very connected to, very connected to. And as, as a Jesus follower, I'm so aware of the vast difference between having dominion over and stewardship of, and Mm. too many Christians feel like they have dominion over and can exploit plants rather than respecting their energy. And so I'm hopefully part of um, part of the, the healthy group of uh, Jesus followers who wants to engage energetically with plants. And I do that by not trying to keep them in my house. That's funny. I, I've learned that plants in my house actually feed me so much. They really nourish my soul. So I try to have as many as I possibly can, given the 
lighting situation and flowers, but I'm not good at growing vegetables. But for me that I, somewhere along the line, plants started to have their own wisdom. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. say a sentience. No, I mean, I do talk to them and trees will talk back, but it's not, (laughs) it's not the same um, as a soul, but I feel like there's a wisdom there. Totally. Totally. Have you all read sweet, a braided sweetgrass? I listen to it. I'm not a reader. I'm a listener. But, but yeah. yes, absolutely. That was so good. Yeah. What a wonderful book. I um, actually had this kind of magical experience. I was listening to a podcast with the author of Reading Sweetgrass, who's an indigenous North American uh, person and a mm-hmm. botanist. And uh, right as I was going to pick up my new harp, and I can't remember what it was that she said in the podcast, but she said something just really cool about the natural world as I'm pulling into my um, harp maker's like, estate that's just this wonderful like built on the side of this um mountain and, and of course harps are all made of wood so i'm engaging with the natural wor- world in the form of playing music mm. whenever i do engage with my harp yeah. so I'm, I'm thankful for the tree i'm th- I'm thankful to the trees for their gift yeah to be able yes. to make this instrument mm. absolutely oh yes thank you katie for speaking into that yeah, a really common plant that a lot of people connect with or take wildly for granted is the rose. Either of you all have experiences with something as simple as a rose? Yeah. So for me, it, to me, it brings up this essence of the divine feminine, you know, mother Mary Magdalene, that's really when the rose showed up strongly for me. But before then I feel like it's been the most common thing that we give like Valentine's day or something like that. The rose has always been a gesture of just like sweetness and love. And there's so much more to them as well. Like each color has its own spiritual representation. So there's like so much that we could dive into there if we really wanted to. All I can think of now is the Bette Midler song, the rose. Everyone, everyone of a certain age will be, um, will be aware of the song that some say love it is a river. You're all looking at me like blankly. Am I the only I don't one? Remember, no, I didn't remember that Bette Midler was the one that sang it. There was a country uh, singer. Yeah, there's been some other. Because my stepmother did karaoke once and sang The Rose. And the <laughs> That's great. We actually have it recorded on tape and she did such a beautiful job. We were like, you can sing? <laughs> she That's sang great. The Rose. It was great. Yeah. But about that. Amy, like you, I, I do associate roses with the divine feminine. Um, and I, I mean, I enjoy them. I, they're just a beautiful, wonderful plant. And they, they have so many varieties and can grow so many different places. And I've just finished a little mini course, uh, teaching a little mini course on the divine feminine. And so we, we definitely talked about Mother Mary and Our Lady of Guadalupe and the roses, one of her symbols in that story. So everyone was on a lookout for roses during uh, the couple of weeks and they they were popping up in interesting places. And I also have wonderful memories of um, two rose gardens, one in Portland. And when I visited Portland, there's an outstanding just endless a rose garden and on Chico state uh, where I used to live in Chico, we would often go to the roses when they were in bloom and there was a rose garden right there in the middle of campus. And they're a wonderful energy to connect with. What about you, Andrea, any rose? I love rose. I love all flowers. Um, And by the way, I think it was Amy who came up with the logo for magical mystical journeys and we have a rose and it's the beautiful blue. We went mystical rather than choosing the red. Yeah. Yeah. That was coming through very strongly for some reason. 
there's something about the complexity of a rose. Like it's just layered and layered and layered. And yet every petal is so rich and smooth. So it's such a very, and of course there's a thorn. So it's a very tactile flower for me. The blooming, the opening, the petals as each kind of has its own essence and falling away. And for me, I feel called to share this really quick. The day before Polly and I had our hand fasting ceremony, which is, you know, just recently, not too long ago. Wait, wait, guide- pause, pause so we can be like, woo, woo, woo. Okay. I was guided to go to the rose garden and just be with the roses. Of course, I just, I listened to guidance, but what I found fascinating while I was there is they have all these different varieties and how unique and different and like the smells of each oh my goodness like they're the red would be different from the yellow and the white and like all the names that they have for them now just like wow if you have a rose garden by you like by all means I welcome you and invite you to go just be with the roses when you can so profound Katie I'm feeling like you can lead us to do something right now with our good old fashioned rose. Something with our rose. Okay. So everyone, this will be a super quick, just one or two minutes, a brief meditation. Even if you're driving, you know, don't, don't green off the road. Don't close your eyes, but I think you can do this as a uh, walking, sitting with eyes open or closed. And, and I will say rose oil. I do work with plants in the sense of essential oils. So other people grow them, prepare them and distill them. But rose oil is super powerful. It's one of the higher vibration oils. I think it takes in it, I forget how much, but crazy amounts of tons of rose petals to make just a little bit of the oil. Um, So it's super precious. So you can connect with roses as a plant, as an oil. There's lots of different ways. I just have a quick question there you raised. What's a high, how can an oil be a high vibration oil versus a low vibration? Would low vibration be like, like, I don't know, canola oil? (laughs) In in this sense, we literally mean the, um, like the way that the subatomic molecules vibrate. They vibrate (sighs) at a very, very quick speed. That's so cool. Yeah, it's very cool. And so when I used to make chakra blends, rose oil, rose and jasmine oils would be used really interchangeably uh, for Mm -hmm. me, especially for the Mm -hmm. upper chakras. So rose oil will help you with crown chakra, third eye, um, with those kinds of chakras. And so in fact, that's inspiring me. Let's connect with the rose on that level. So I invite everyone just to take a, a deep breath, maybe roll your shoulders. And let a rose appear in front of you in your mind's eye. Eyes can be open or closed. And just let the rose be what it is. Take a moment and notice what color it is, how long the stem is, if its petals are open or closed, if it's in spring, summer, or fall bloom. And let the energy of the rose come to you and it will connect directly with your crown, with your third eye, helping you open your intuition. And as it does that, you can begin to sense the energy of the rose, not only this rose, but all roses. You can connect with the energy of rose with a capital R that's global. And the energy of rose around the planet would like to support you 
and it might also like your support. So that you're creating a relationship with this high vibration plant that has inspired humans for so many millennia. We're going to keep that gentle connection. This can last you for the rest of your life. But you can go ahead and disconnect from that energy for now as a brief experience to connect with plant energy and medicine and open your eyes. Everyone be on the lookout for roses coming into your awareness in your physical 3D life in the next week or two and let us know what pops up for you. My crown chakra was tingling before you even got to that part. The rose speaks. The rose speaks. So soft. Like I felt the softness and this held. So good. Like a friendship, like all the like different roses, like this connectedness of, of friend, like friendship. Yeah. And I, I, I love that kind of friendship. And I love that roses, they're wild. I mean, we cultivate them, we tend them, we domesticate them. That's mm-hmm. all fine. But if if someone gives me roses, they don't need to strip the thorns. Mm. Right. Like we can, we can manage that part. Like roses have beauty and uh, danger, like that wild danger in a good way. Beautiful. Well, what about some other plants? Are there any other plants or any personal experiences that really call out to you with other plants that you all want to talk about? And for one that I just feel like we, we just have to go there because it's so in popular culture, we gotta, we gotta talk about cannabis. (laughs) <laughs> and who's, no listeners we have not been story. smoking it before this podcast yeah. <laughs> we're recording this really early today <laughs> we're not doing any wake and bake <laughs> <laughs> yeah i you know what i appreciate all the different aspects of cannabis really you know there's so many health you know benefits to the oils and the cbd and all that they're doing like that's huge and i know of course sometimes you know people like to work with it to help them sleep or relax them or just you know for fun like to me there's a connection aspect too you know group of friends like enjoying one another that type of thing so there's so much there but there's so much more than so many plants you know for me oregano is one that really was coming through strongly this morning for some reason. So it is to me, oregano was one that helped me move through pneumonia. Like it helped me heal from my pneumonia. Yes. It's wonderful for sinus infections too. It'll burn you. It'll like, if you inhale uh, the oregano in steam form, it will (laughs) will burn inside of your nostrils, but in a good way. It's a well, hot, yeah. It's a how very did you end one. up using it for either one of you for science? Because I, I'm always drawn to it and I always have it growing, but and I have congestion issues. I wonder if my body's just telling me just throw some oregano on whatever you're eating. That's definitely one way for me. I have a um essential oil diffuser. And mm. so it's one of the oils that they don't recommend diffusing for like hours and hours and hours. So I would do, you know, about an hour at a time and just like breathe light into my lungs at the same time. And of course I had other guidance such as, you know, certain foods. So even foods are a type of plant, you know? Yeah. So working with a couple different things there. Before we loop around our personal experiences with 
Possibly cannabis. I do want to know, because I think our conversation is going to lead into this, that there is um, is an Ayurvedic practice or an Ayurvedic, like all the, I don't even know what to call it, all all the lineage, um, that there are certain body types um, that don't respond well to certain foods. Um, And there's also the concept that if you're going into winter, you don't eat the same foods you do in the summer because of your your body's just might not digest it as well as it would at different types of the seasons. Um, because I do think some people are going to respond really differently to some of the plants we're talking about than others, and they might not know why. Do either of you have experience with with body types or seasonal using plants as either medicine or just digestion, having different reactions to them at different times of the year? I've heard of it and no zero experience. (laughs) I know this has definitely been a big part of my awareness and path of like the Ayurvedic ways. Like, oh my goodness, there's so much wisdom, so much respect. And I feel like one of my greatest takeaways, because we all have different body types and makeups. And um, I feel like there's, there's an app or a link out there that can help you find what you are. Basically, it'll ask questions. But when it comes down to it, it's the seasonal foods. It's like all the different, you know, the, um, the bitter, the sweet, all that. So each of our makeups will require certain basically taste or aspects to be part of our diet for us to really thrive. And whereas other people, there's certain things that, you know, they don't do good with. So having a variety of that includes all of, you know, the bitter, the, the sweet, I forget exactly what all of them are, but that's why it's so important to have that variety, especially as a family, because each person is going to need something likely different. Katie and I were talking offline a little bit, and both of us have similar, not positive (laughs) reactions to cannabis. (laughs) So, Amy, I think like a lot of people do feel about it the way you do, <laughs> but what it brings up for you. But uh, Katie, you want to talk about what it does for you? Uh, and that's, that's why I brought up the Ayurvedic stuff first. Like maybe right. we have a different body type ah. yeah. that just can't do well with it. Oh, y'all, so. I'm, I'm a paranoid mess. I'm like the worst. <laughs> I cannot have weed at all. Uh, but I think like twice and, I, and I'm we're talking about like in my late 20s or 30s or something. Um, I mean, I was not, a you know, an unwise kind of teen or something experimenting. And I'm just a paranoid mess. My heart races. I don't like I don't like the feeling I can't get grounded. It, it I don't have this happy like let's go have snacks kind of experience. <laughs> with weed. And so even in the. Un, even in the non-THC form, like just CBD oil, I once I I thought I was eating a corn tortilla and it was like this wheat. And I realized after I finished it, it was wheat. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm not celiac or anything, but it was way too much wheat, way more than I usually have. So even like that kind of plant, you know, like too much wheat for me. Mm. Uh, will not make me feel good. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I have to do something to get rid of this, um, help help me flush this out. So I ran and got, so I thought I'll try the CBD pills. I couldn't sleep. I was up all night long, all night long. Like I just cannot manage it. Uh, at a concert once at a um, dead concert after Jerry Garcia. So whatever the form of the Grateful Dead was after Jerry Garcia died. 
Um, I had to like leave. I had to leave the concert hall because there was like way too much. Yeah, way too much pot there. I was I was just secondhand. Mess. Yeah, and I was like, where are we? Where do we go? And how long is this concert? Are we going to be here long? What's going on? <laughs> and everyone's and I, like, girl, chill. Yeah, I know, chill. <laughs> just like enjoy the dance. That's cool. I can't do it. So I did find out though. Um, when I looked, when I when I started learning more about astrology, I have a lot of error in mm-hmm. my astrology chart. And so someone that was helping me with that said, you know, you don't need more plants that give you more air. You need plants that will help you ground. Yeah. You need roots. Yeah. You need like root plants and yes. carrots and <laughs> potatoes. Yeah. I actually was a very wild teenager with plant medicine, with, with, with pot, not, not like other types of drugs necessarily, not, not cocaine or heroin. Thankfully that wasn't popular when I was being wild a wild teenager, but I did okay with it. And then I realized I was not okay with it. And even later in life, when I just wanted to try it to see if I had grown out of it or if it was something different, I'm like Katie, I become so paranoid, super like, I feel like I've fallen down a well. Like I'm really far away from the rest of the world. Like I don't feel connected. I feel really disconnected. And one of the things I would like to share with our listeners is that when I've explained that experience to some people, even as an adult, not as other teenagers, because I never felt like it was bullying me as a teen to do drugs or anything. Uh, But even as an adult, when I was telling my experiences to other people, they would say things like, well, you just haven't had the good stuff or you just haven't, or yeah, you need to do ayahuasca or you need to do this. I'm like, no, you you need you didn't have the right experience or the right this or the right that. There was a little bit of shaming involved. Mm. And so that's a big no, you guys. So if any of you all have that experience, like don't feel like you just need to try a different strand of something. Right. If that's not working for you, it is not working for you. Yes. Yeah. And that's not respecting the spirit of the plant. Like I right. feel like marijuana and cannabis are they it, it's a it's a plant that's been very disrespected. Yeah, like has immense power and uh, uh, tons of healing power. Like we we obviously see that in the medical literature, but it's it's been it's been disrespected and used to numb because yes. you know because of people's trauma. I mean, real, real yep. trauma, right? But it's it's been used to numb or to um, overindulge, right, in ways that are not necessarily healthy or not respecting the spirit of the plant. And so, I would love to see marijuana be um, engaged, like with it with its energy, mm-hmm. its healing energy. Well, even with the medical properties, it doesn't, it's not always something wise to do with teenagers. And I literally just had a client, um, and yesterday who was telling me about a pretty bad thing that happened with her child, her teenager. So even in the medical, if it's medically prescribed, it's still just like any other drug you might, your body might not react to it well. So we have to respect these these beings. I I will say my uh, my dad, who's a great person, he's been suffering with a lot of arthritis, like really debilitating arthritis the past couple of years. And they were thinking about maybe prescribing him medical marijuana. And uh, he would he just doesn't like I think he's like me. He doesn't like that feeling. But I did peel into laughter. And I was like, if dad tries medical marijuana, I want to be there. Like, I absolutely <laughs> want to witness this from the get go because it would be pretty funny. I don't think he's he's not taken up on this as far as I know. <laughs> what about you, Amy? What any any kind of thoughts about um, the spirit of cannabis, how it's been used, or any any personal experiences to share? Yeah, 
I, I do feel that. So there's different strains out there, right? Which have, it's kind of like us. We each have our own individual flavor, so to speak, our own experience. So I, I feel the same way with, you know, cannabis plants that there's different aspects there. And I also feel at least for me, uh, I am very sensitive. So the amount that we're connecting to, I think can really play a huge role. And I also feel like you don't actually have to ingest the plant to connect to it. Just holding it or be by being by it or having it in your imagination. There's like a relationship that we can develop and create to allow the spirit of the plant. Well, at least that's what I refer to it as to work with us in whatever way we want, need, um, or being open to any wisdom the plant may offer us. So that relate, I feel like relationship is really a big key aspect to it. Honor your truth, what you need, as well as maybe being open to other ways of connecting. This might be a good place to ask, are there a connection between plants and the fairy realm or elemental realm? I always associate, I always feel like when my flowers are dying, I'm somehow disappointing the fairy realm or the elementals. Do you guys want to do it? Do you feel like there's a connection like that? Maybe plants are a nice bridge into other, other spiritual beings. I feel like they're, how do I want to put it? It does feel like there's a connection there. I don't know if it's really a bridge. I don't know that I'm picking up on a bridging aspect, but it's almost like us, how we like to be in certain environments that there's something, something there maybe, or on an energetic level. Like if a plant is not in a, a good energy, it is not going to thrive, you know, just like those experiments that they've done where they've put plants in like classrooms with like music or a kid or nothing, you know, and it like, it really does impact the plant. What do you think, Katie? Are your fairies yeah. upset with you that you can't grow plants? Well, I don't think I have fairies. <laughs> Just um, after <laughs> after Morgan's awesome awesome interview, I would not be right. <laughs> uh, that was disrespectful to me yeah. that you have fairies as if they're house pets. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I yeah. Whenever I kill a plant inside my inside my house, I think, oh, I I've. Yeah, I'm disappointing someone here. Uh, so I, I'll say I, I distinguish between kind of elemental energy and fairy energy. And so elemental energy, I, I do feel that there's a connection there. This is not scientific. I can't prove it. Uh, but I do think that there's like we connected to the elemental energy of the rose. That there's mm. a global elemental energy of roses or of trees or a specific kind of tree and animals and um, probably every, every plant that's out there. So I, I think the... The, the good danger here is that when we connect with that energy, we see ourselves as part of the plant world. Mm -hmm. we're, we're not really separate from it. We are animals here on the earth and we're in a symbiotic relationship. We absolutely rely on, on plants every single day. I mean, we, we, that's just part of being, being on this planet. So as we were beginning this recording, I was relying on the plant energy of tea. Mm -hmm. to sustain me. And I was putting milk in it and I was relying on the plant energy that fed the cows to produce that milk. And I imagine a lot of listeners probably have um, relied on the energy of coffee 
Absolutely. To, right. to give them some energy today. And so when we're, you know, to me, it's connecting with that elemental is really important. So fairy, fairy, I think fairy has its own plant energy, but I do think it's a, a yeah, I think a, it is a bridge, right? It's a, it's something that we have in common with the mm. land of fairy that can, um, be dangerous or not dangerous for human beings, depending on your interaction with that vast world. Yeah. I'm picking up on like an attraction type of energy. Like there's certain plants that will attract, you know, say for instance, hummingbirds or butterflies, that type of thing. And there's certain plants that repel certain insects too. So I liked what you spoke of, like, um, I forget exactly what you said, Katie, but to me, like there's a bridging, but there's this essence of, ah, oh, we're attracted to, you know, whether it be the beauty or the essence of the plant or we're not. The other plant we wanted to talk about, and this is, I think a good spot to make that next leap is the blue Lotus, which is mm -hmm. a plant, but it is incredibly mm -hmm. mystical, mm -hmm. incredibly mystical. And Amy, I'm going to toss it over to you at this point, because you have a wild thing that just happened to you with the very <laughs> rare blue lotus take it away girl oh my goodness okay so sometimes i think that plants choose us right and what i mean by that is i'm gonna go ahead and go into the story polly and i are in the midst of planning our ham fast ceremony basically and i have a friend that i used to work with about 20 years ago and he reaches out to me and has a question for me. Well, apparently he had ordered grass seed and they accidentally sent him 50 pounds of blue lotus flower. Okay. Well, here's the thing. So as I like, I didn't know a lot about blue lotus flower in that moment. Besides, it was one of the herbs that's in the dream tea that we work with when we do like dream journeys and stuff like that with people. Wow, this stuff goes for about $20 to $30 an ounce. So if you think about it, that's basically about $25,000 worth of blue lotus that just like, boom, here you go, just showed up for this guy. And so he didn't want to just throw it away. So he was asking if I knew someone that might be interested in it or would be able to use it. And I was like, give it to me. Like I have all kinds of, you know, friends, resources, those who would be interested. Well, here's the thing. Okay. So when he sent me that message, I was, I had just sent Polly, my beloved, a message of like, okay, what are we going to do for like the celebration of the hand fast? You know, is it like some people throw rice, do stuff like that. I was like, do we throw bird seed? Cause bird seed felt, you know, like a good way of honoring the spirit world, a good way of honoring the animal kingdom. Just, just so much yumminess there. And so when this text message comes in, I'm just like, am I supposed to like throw blue Lotus up in the air? Like, what am I to do with this? Um, and of course, I've learned so much more about it since then. I'll kind of share a little bit about that. But we ended up doing a toast with it. Instead of a champagne toast, we did a blue lotus tea toast. And what I love about the, the blue lotus, so even Till Swan talks about it. But it's, uh, it's considered a, a flower of intuitive ascension. So it's working with the third eye. 
it's working with the crown. It's working with the solar plexus energy too, because there's like yellow in it. And recently um, I've read that it also works with the throat chakra. So there's all these different aspects. It's an ancestor herb. Like this was so respected and revered by the ancestors, the ancient Egyptians, different cultures, like, oh my goodness. I was like, whoa, you know? So I was like, continue learning about this. And like, even um, in Egypt, there's depictions, the art that they have there, the carvings, some of the, the tombs that they have, the blue Lotus is a huge, huge part of that culture. I have two questions for you really quickly. Yeah. One that the guy that mistakenly sent the blue Lotus, he didn't want y'all to just ship it back. He tried. They wouldn't take it back. Oh my gosh. What a gift from the gods, literally. Right. That's unbelievable. And the connection with ancient Egypt, I've just been working with Isis energy a lot. So I'll just like throw it out there. I don't have particular more meaning than that. Just welcoming in. We've been talking about divine feminine. When you are throwing it for your ceremony, is blue lotus a plant that will actually grow? Like, could it possibly start hmm. growing? That was a dumb question. Of course it's going to grow. But could it grow like... <laughs> Did you just see the whole lot just, blue lotus? Right. Like, field? Yeah. Like, next spring, you're going to be, like, have this really exotic place? Okay. So, we didn't end up throwing it. But we, what we... Here, let me go into that a little bit is, okay, there's different types, kind of like the rose, right? There's a wild rose and then there's cultivated. Well, the same with the blue Lotus. Okay. So there's different varieties of the blue Lotus as well, but the original I feel is like the wild. It was, it grew abundantly in the Nile river. And of course, since then pollution, we haven't treated, you know, the earth and the waters, the way that I feel uh, being in right relationship. And so since then it's not, it's almost extinct in certain ways, you know, it's not something that's easy to get. So, um, it is a plant that is grown and comes up from the muck, that murky, just mud energy of life. And there's this beautiful flower that opens up and blooms and it's connected. This is something I've read, but connected to the sun, God raw. So it's a plant that closes at night and opens during the day. Oh, that's cool. That is cool. And is it like a regular lotus that you see on lily pads? It grows, you mentioned it grows in the river. So it was growing in the water. Yes. Yeah. Cultivated. Phenomenal. From what I, from what I understand, I don't fully know because I've never really experienced it in, you know, real life yet. Basically the only way that I've experienced it so far is this plant coming into my life? And now I'm, it's guiding me to work with it in different ways. You well, know? you've become the steward. Yeah. That Katie mentioned to begin yeah. with. Yeah. I feel like the only experience I have with it was also at a beautiful time in my life when I was in California doing a retreat with a, with a friend of mine. And we went to, we were, we were hosting the retreat and we went to a tea shop and this the owner was like, Oh my God, I just got in this like really rare blue Lotus, this real special tea. So we bought some and incorporated as part of our retreat, but the whole point was to use it very conscientiously. You set your intent, you make your tea, you go sit outside, you do it in the evening, you go sit outside, you're setting your intent to 
help your dreams, um, which I am such a vivid dreamer. I was like, I'm not really sure I need more vivid dreams, <laughs> but it did kind of calm my dream world down and made it make a lot more sense. It was, but it, I definitely felt that might've been the first time I felt like I was working through tea with an intelligence. I was really mm. working with this plant. Um, that was really beautiful. What about you, Katie? I've no, I no experience with blue Lotus at all. I'm looking up to see if they make essential oils and they do. And so oh, that yeah. might be a way, you know, a way that I can connect, but I have like, z- like literally zero experience with it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to finding out more. Katie, do you have a, any sort of plant or tree that you feel is mystical is yeah, it's magical so, to you? Yeah. It's so interesting. Cause just as we've been talking, I'm like, okay, I, I connect more with plants maybe than I had originally thought just cause I'm not good at keeping house plants. But just recently in the past six months, I got a Rowan tree tattoo or a Rowan branch tattoo on my right shoulder. Oh, so the Rowan tree is connected with Bridget. Oh, and so yeah. And so it's, it's her tree. And so it's interestingly, it blooms um, her, her day. We usually celebrate her day, February 1st, but the tree is really blooming around August 1st in Ireland. And um, there's some ancient wells in Ireland that they have their ceremonies on traditionally on August 1st. So there might be some slippage there between um, when, uh, when she's supposed to be revered or she, we can revere her all the time. But in, uh, in Ireland where I, where I do live, the uh, rowan trees are gorgeous. They're everywhere. And I'll just be walking out on a path somewhere and you'll kind of see one in full bloom. They have these beautiful red berries and I buy rowan jelly, rowan berry jelly all the time too. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, so I got this tattoo and I love it. I love it. Every time I look at it, I love it. I think that August um, celebration is Bridget's way of being like, don't forget me. Yeah. Halfway around the year. Don't forget me. (laughs) And that's the time of year when it's starting to get a little darker, um, Mm. a little earlier, which I dislike. So it's also reminding me that that's all part of the cycle. Well, are you feeling called to lead our listeners on a meditation to maybe connect with the plant world in general or a specific one or how do we even get started? Just this this topic does seem so large and broad and deep at the same time. How how do we even get started connecting with the energy of the plant kingdom generally? Amy, do you I think there's a conception of shamans using plants like every day every minute and every practice of their work do you use plants as part of your work or as part of your life i do work with them um in many different ways but not so much like here let me start over the way the plant kingdom was introduced to me in relation with the shamanic work i do is sacred reciprocity so first having that gratitude and offerings of prayer, prayer, like tobacco, a lot of the natives would uh, grow tobacco and break it up and offering that as a thank you to life or song or breath, asking to receive of a plant, even, you know, the shamans would connect with the plant and the plants would talk to them. And I feel like that's actually how a lot of the different ways that we work with the plants. Now we have that wisdom because of the ancients, our ancestors, the shamans out there who had the ability to tap into that consciousness, to communicate, to receive, to give, to have that right relationship with them. 
I work with them and I love, 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 love when certain flowers just show, show up or certain plants just show up. Or if I'm called to work with one, what is the spiritual meaning behind that? What are the, what's the deeper aspect of that? So water blessing ceremonies, despachos, which is like a a prayer bundle type of offering that we can bury in the earth or offer to the fire. Uh, Obviously with this blue Lotus coming into my life, I have this strong calling like to offer tea ceremonies with it. Um, I've already had certain people come back to me after the tea ceremony, like awakening experiences happening for them, deep, restful sleep, this, uh, the lucid dreaming also part of that. So right now I'm kind of collecting data, researching the experiences people have had with the blue Lotus and the different ways that they've, they've worked with this. So by all means, Katie and Andrea, I would love to gift you some of what's come into my life just to, just to see what happens for you through you, any wisdom. And of course, any of our listeners out there that this sparks something with you and you, please, please email us. I would love to connect with you about what is being offered through me, but Yeah. And then on a deeper level, there is the aspects of plant medicine. And even though I don't facilitate like ayahuasca or anything like that, there are other shamanic practitioners in my life that do that. So I feel like each shaman is kind of called to do their own, their own work in whatever ways they're called to. And so for me, a big part of it is creating sacred space, working with the plants in that way. Um, Energetic geometry as well. So there's a way by connecting with the plants, finding out what elements that they work best with on a energetic geometry type of level, we can do a rhythm with them, which is expanding their auric field. And it's like this beautiful relationship of them assisting us as we have the hands to be intentional with them and assist them simultaneously. So just, oh, mm. so that's how I work with them. I would note to just a resource for any of our listeners who are interested in plant healing. There is a, a man, Anthony William no yeah. S at the end of that, just Anthony William. He's the medical medium and his whole life, um, he's worked with plants and worth with healing. And he is a firm believer that every illness we have, everything going on with our body, there is an antidote to that. There is a healer out there in the world in the plant form designed to heal, heal us. So he's got wonderful books, but he also has a beautiful cookbook. Um, and so I've found that when I'm craving a certain food, it's usually because there's a deficiency in my body and my body's needing that food or that color. And it's just a really practical kind of way to start working with plants as healing, but also just nourishment on an everyday level. Just want to throw that out there. Um, Can I, yeah. Can I put a plug in for my uh, BFFs book on essential oils? Yes. Yeah. So she got, so my, my best friend about, I don't know, eight eight years ago or so she called me once. She was like, I need your social security number. I was like, what? (laughs) Why do you need my social security number? I mean, I trust you. She was like, I promise it's nothing weird. It's going to be this big surprise. And it was either for my birthday or some kind of celebration, but she signed me up with an essential oils 
like to become a distributor. You know, these are all kind of MLM models. So that was totally fine, but she needed my social security number to do that. And she's the one who actually introduced me to essential oils, which is a great way for me to work with plant energy. But she wrote a book and it's called Essential Oil Recipes, One Drop at a Time. Uh, it's by Brandy Jones Arnold. You can find it on Amazon. It's on Kindle or on, or you can buy it. And it's a fantastic resource for really practical use, safe use of essential oils in your own life. So like when I was talking about oregano, there's a recipe in this book um, where you can make, and uh, it uses oregano and some other essential oils. And you basically put them in a cup of really hot water and then kind of make a tent over yourself and let it steam. So much so that my husband and I are traveling right now and I didn't bring a bunch of essential oils with me. And he felt like he had a little bit of a sinus infection when we got here. And so I'm off in search of essential oils at the natural food stores here, which are really hard to find quality essential oils in stores. And so I finally found an oregano for him. I'm on that book. That sounds fantastic. Thank you, Katie. I love that. And I feel now I feel called to add. So speaking of frequency, we spoke of how the rose is one of the highest blue Lotus is even higher frequency Ooh. than rose. Mm. Isn't that crazy? Well, let's like ride that high vibe into a little personal mystical experience. Katie, you want to guide us? Yeah, absolutely. So this one will be longer than the rose meditation at the beginning. And this is an opportunity for you to connect with the plant world elemental energy. And it's going to be in whatever form it comes to you. So we're not, uh, we're not going to suggest or I'm not going to suggest the plants that you connect with, but rather allow them to appear to you in this meditation. Um, so you all know the drill. Don't do this while driving. Uh, get cozy. Shut your eyes if you can. Uh, keep them softly open if not. And we're just going to go on a little journey. So, I'd everyone to roll their shoulders. If you have a plant nearby, that's fine. You can bring it, uh, bring it on up close to you. And for this meditation, I'm going to invite everyone to descend down a staircase just to get into that deeper level. So you can imagine yourself at the top of a staircase. Ten steps. Step down. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five. You might pause on this fifth step, look around. You might beginning to be beginning to sense plants, the energy. You might even see some vines creeping around the stairs that you're on. Step down to four, three, two, one. Walk forward to a door that has your name on it. Go up to the door, open it, go through. And you will find yourself in a beautiful natural landscape in a garden. Notice if it's wild. Notice if it's, notice if it's domesticated. Just let it be what it is. It may change radically as you're experiencing it. You may see, you may hear, you may feel, or you may just know. Any of those are fine. Find yourself walking along a path. Notice if it's just made of grass, if it's made of dirt, if it's paved. And around you, you are sensing elemental energy. You sense the different elements of all the different plants. Perhaps each plant has its own guardian that cares for it and tends it in its cycle of life. You might even sense fairy world. 
that's close in dimension to where you are. And you'll eventually wind your way around to a resting place. Go ahead and rest there. You can lie, you can sit, you can stand. And just notice what it looks like for you. And in this place, you're going to be open to the elemental energy of a plant or plants, whether you can name them or not, to reveal themselves to you. And when you're ready, you can make that invitation. And this plant energy will manifest itself to you, either in sight, in audio, in feelings, or just by your inner knowing. And welcome the wisdom of this energy. And we're just going to sit with it for about a minute. right now you're simply getting to know that elemental energy it's sharing with you you're sharing with it and it's most likely bringing you to a new level of respect of appreciation for the wisdom of the plant world of the natural world and you yourself are part of that so with gratitude you can thank this energy even if you don't know exactly what it was you can still come back here and spend more time with it at any moment And with joy and delight and gratitude, you can rise from the space that you've been in. We'll follow the path back. You see the door, go through it. We're just gonna go up that staircase pretty quickly. You can step up one, two, three, four, five, six. Now take a look around. When you get to the top of the stairs, we'll be wide awake, ready to return. Seven, eight, nine, and 10. You can open your eyes, re-engage with the world around you but you're still carrying the wisdom and the intelligence of the plant energy that you met. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. I'm curious what may have come up for, for each of you. We, I, I found myself in a garden graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so surprised, Andrea. I'm so surprised. <laughs> I need the Gothic in there as well. We actually have a graveyard here. That's just so beautiful. So it's both, wild and tamed at the same time the spanish moss everything's overgrown but the there was a very popular time in the 1800s when there would be headstones and then they're literally like the the where the body would be over the over the over the grave there would be 
a lot of flowers planted. So oh. literally the whole graveyard's like a garden graveyard. So That's every cool. grave is blooming with flowers and plants that are allowed to just go. And there's a sign right outside the graveyard that says it's meant to be a bit untamed to remind us of the interconnected web of all existence. Mm. So literally have vines and plants growing on the headstones. It's so beautiful. So that's where I ended up being, but it was, it was my own version of it. Yeah. How about you, Amy? Yeah, I was taken back to, I remember being a little girl and we always lived like by the beach, basically. And there's these like little white flowers, like tiny, 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 with these like little yellow centers. And it's like, just this like softness, yet this like they're able to grow in these like harsh conditions, basically. So it was like this, I don't know, just this, there's this softness there, the sweetness that was with them, yet the strength that they have. And so that was coming through during the meditation, super, just beautiful experience. Thank you, Katie. Oh yeah. You're welcome. I, um, this is one I was actually able to kind of do the meditation as I was leading it, which is half and half if I'm able to do that. But for me, it was the spirit of Oak trees that came through, which are, um, in, in, in Ireland, there's place names abound that are named dairy, something or another, or like this, the city dairy. And, and it, that's a version of Oak, like it has different kind of Oak meanings. And so mm. Oaks were really important to the ancient Irish and to ancient Druids as well. Of Oak trees. Mm-hmm. And in the South, they're very different. The live Oaks grow sideways more than they grow straight up and down. So they get really big, but their limbs go really far out sideways. They're so magical. Mm. This has been a really fun episode and I hope we'll provide our listeners a way to connect with the spirit of everyday things around you. Um, It's really like the spirit of all these plants that are surrounding us. So uh, this might be a good way to be present every day when you're noticing the grass and the trees and everything just immediately around you. And uh, I, I have, I do have friends that are into like permaculture and it cracks me up because every fall they'll post things like, Hey y'all, you know, if you don't uh, rake up your leaves, they're not going to come in and attack your house or anything. It's actually much better for the earth just to leave all of that to like enjoy its natural process. So if any of you don't want to get out into your yards and you want to piss off your HOAs, just don't rake this fall. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I love that. All right. Well, listeners, we definitely want to hear all of your feedback, your experiences. Amy, tell them how to find us. Yeah, we would love for you to rate us. And if you want to email us at magicalmysticaljourneys at gmail.com, you can also find us on Facebook. We would love to hear from you. Rate us on iTunes too, please. If you've made it this far, just stop what you're doing, whatever you're listening, wherever you're listening pause, click the little stars. If you can leave a comment, uh, then please do. You know, I also just found a brand new place to leave reviews that people on Androids can do, which is Podchaser. So if you go to podchaser.com and just type in Magical Mystical Journeys, you can leave us a review there and you can actually review individual episodes. Awesome. Nice. So that's available to everyone, whether you're on Apple or Android or whatever. Awesome. Yay. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.